Welcome to Rebecca Reads. Today's story is How Odin Lost His Eye. This story comes from Norse mythology. The version I'm reading today is found in a collection of Norse myths by Pedrake Colum. I have shared a story from Norse mythology before. Like many of the stories we explore, these myths were told person to person, down through the generations, until someone wrote them down. When these myths were collected, they were written as poetry, but all the story was still there. It is so amazing to me that we can tell stories today that were told in homes and around fires thousands of years ago. While I share this story, just picture yourself as a child in ancient Scandinavia, listening to someone tell you all about Odin and Thor and all the others. Don't forget to stay after the story for this week's poem. And now for How Odin Lost His Eye. Two ravens had Odin Allfather. Hugin and Munin were their names. They flew through all the worlds every day, and coming back to Asgard, they would light on Odin's shoulders and tell him of all the things they had seen and heard. And once, a day passed without the ravens coming back. Then Odin, standing on the watchtower Hörsdorf, said to himself, I fear me for Hugin, lest he come not back, but I watch more for Munin. A day passed, and the ravens flew back. They sat, one on each of his shoulders. Then did the Allfather go into the council hall that was beside Glazier, the wood that had leaves of gold, and hearkened what Hugin and Munin had to tell him. They told him only of shadows and forebodings. Odin Allfather did not speak to the dwellers in Asgard of the things they told him. But Frigga, his queen, saw in his eyes the shadows and forebodings of things to come. And when he spoke to her about these things, she said, Do not strive against what must take place. Let us go to the holy Norns, who sit by Erda's well, and see if the shadows and the forebodings will remain when you have looked into their eyes. And so it came that Odin and the gods left Asgard and came to Erda's well, where, under the great root of Yggdrasil, the three Norns sat, and with the two fair swans below them. Odin went, and Tyr, the great swordsman, and Baldur, the most beautiful, and the best beloved of the gods, and Thor with his hammer. A rainbow bridge went from Asgard, the city of the gods, to Midgard, the world of men. But another rainbow bridge, more beautiful and more tremulous still, went from Asgard to that root of Yggdrasil under which was Erda's well. This rainbow bridge was seldom seen by men, and where the ends of the two rainbows came together, Hemdal stood. Hemdal with the golden teeth, the watcher for the gods, and the keeper of the way to Erda's well. Open the gate, Hemdal, said the Allfather. Open the gate, for today the gods would visit the holy Norns. Without a word, Hemdal opened wide the gate that led to that bridge, more colored and more tremulous than any rainbow seen from earth. Then did Odin and Tyr and Baldur step out on the bridge. Thor followed, but before his foot was placed on the bridge, Hemdal laid his hand upon him. "'The others may go, but you may not go that way, Thor,' said Hemdal. "'What? Would you, Hemdal, hold me back?' said Thor. "'Yes, 
for I am keeper of the way to the Norns, said Hemdall. You, with the mighty hammer you carry, are too weighty for this way. The bridge I guard would break under you, Thor, with the hammer. Nevertheless, I go and visit the Norns with Odin and my comrades, said Thor. But not this way, Thor, said Hemdall. I will not let the bridge be broken under the weight of you and your hammer. Leave your hammer here with me if you would go this way. <laughs> oh, no, said Thor. I will not leave in anyone's charge the hammer that defends Asgard, and I may not be turned back from going with Odin and my comrades. There is another way to Erd as well, said Hemdal. Behold, these two great cloud rivers, Kormt and Ermt. Canst thou wade through them? They are cold and suffocating, but they will bring thee to Erd as well, where sit the three holy Norns. Thor looked out on the two great rolling rivers of cloud. It was a bad way for one to go, cold and suffocating, yet if he went that way he could keep on his shoulder the hammer which he would not leave in another's charge. He stepped out into the cloud river that flowed by the rainbow bridge, and with his hammer upon his shoulder he went struggling on to the other river. Odin, Tyr, and Balder were beside Erda's well when Thor came struggling out of the cloud river, wet and choking, but with his hammer still upon his shoulder. There stood Tyr, upright and handsome, leaning on his sword that was inscribed all over with magic runes. There stood Balder, smiling, with his head bent as he listened to the murmur of the two fair swans. And there stood Odin, all-father, clad in his blue cloak fringed with golden stars, without the eagle helmet upon his head, and with no spear in his hands. The three Norns, Erda, Verdandi, and Skulda, sat beside the well that was in the hollow of the great root of Idrasil. Erda was ancient and with white hair, and Verdandi was beautiful, while Skulda could hardly be seen, for she sat far back, and her hair fell over her face and eyes. Erda, Verdandi, and Skulda, they knew the whole of the past, the whole of the present, and the whole of the future. Odin, looking on them, saw into the eyes of Skulda even. Long, long he stood looking on the Norns with the eyes of a god, while all the others listened to the murmur of the swans and the falling of the leaves of Idrasil into Erda's well. Looking into their eyes, Odin saw the shadows and forebodings that Hugin and Munin had told him of take shape and substance. And now others came across the rainbow bridge. They were Frigga and Sif and Nanna, the wives of Odin and Thor and Balder. Frigga looked upon the Norns. As she did, she turned a glance of love and sadness upon Balder, her son, and then she drew back and placed her hand upon Nanna's head. Odin turned from gazing on the Norns and looked upon Frigga, his queenly wife. I would leave Asgard for a while, wife of Odin, he said. Yea, said Frigga, much has to be done in Midgard, the world of men. I would change what knowledge I have into wisdom, said Odin, so that the things that are to happen will be changed into the best that may be. You would go to Mimir's well, said Frigga. I would go to Mimir's well, said Odin. My husband, go, said Frigga. 
Then they went back over that rainbow bridge that is more beautiful and more tremulous than the one that men see from the earth. They went back over the rainbow bridge, the Aesir and the Esnir, Odin and Frigga, Balder and Nanna, Tyr with his sword, and Sif beside Tyr. As for Thor, he went struggling through the cloud rivers, cormed and armed, his hammer Mjolnir upon his shoulder. Little Nasa, the youngest of the dwellers in Asgard, was there, standing beside Hemdal, the watcher for the gods, and the keeper of the bridge to Erda's well, when Odin Allfather and Frigga, his queen, went through the great gate with heads bent. Tomorrow, Nasa heard Odin say, tomorrow. I shall be Vegetam, the wanderer, upon the ways of Midgard and Jotunheim. And so Odin, no longer riding on Sleipnir, his eight-legged steed, no longer wearing his golden armor and his eagle helmet, and without even his spear in his hand, traveled through Midgard, the world of men, and made his way to Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. No longer was he called Odin Allfather, but Vegetam, the wanderer. He wore a cloak of dark blue, and he carried a traveler's staff in his hands. And now, as he went toward Mimir's well, which was near to Jotunheim, he came upon a giant riding on a great stag. Odin seemed a man to men and a giant to giants. He went beside the giant on the great stag, and the two talked together. "'Who art thou, O brother?' Odin asked the giant." I am Vastrudner, the wisest of the giants, said the one who was riding on the stag. Odin knew him then. Vathrudner was indeed the wisest of the giants, and many went to strive to gain wisdom from him. But those who went to him had to answer the riddles Vathrudner asked, and if they failed to answer, the giant took their heads off. I am Vegetam, the wanderer. Odin said, and I know who thou art, O Vathrudner. I would strive to learn something from thee. The giant laughed, showing his teeth. Ha, ha, he said. I am ready for a game with thee. Dost thou know the stakes? My head to thee, if I cannot answer any question thou wilt ask. And if thou canst not answer any question that I may ask, then thy head goes to me. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Now let us begin. I am ready, Odin said. Then tell me, said Vathrudner, tell me the name of the river that divides Adsgard from Jotunheim. Ifling is the name of that river, said Odin, Ifling that is dead cold, yet never frozen. Thou hast answered rightly, O wanderer, said the giant, but thou hast still to answer other questions. What are the names of the horses that day and night drive across the sky? Skinfax and Hrimfax, Odin answered. Vathrinir was startled to hear one say the names that were known only to the gods and to the wisest of the giants. There was only one question now that he might ask before it came to the stranger's turn to ask him questions. Tell me, said Vathrinir, what is the name of the plain on which the last battle will be fought? The plain of Vigard said Odin, the plain that is a hundred miles long and a hundred miles across. 
It was now Odin's turn to ask Vathrudner questions. What will be the last words that Odin will whisper into the ear of Baldur, his dear son? he asked. Very startled was the giant Vathrudner at that question. He sprang to the ground and looked at the stranger keenly. Only Odin knows what his last words to Baldur will be, he said, and only Odin would have asked that question. Thou art Odin, a wanderer, and thy question I cannot answer. Then, said Odin, if thou wouldst keep thy head, answer me this. What price will Mimir ask for a draught from the well of wisdom that he guards? He will ask thy right eye as a price, O Odin, said Vathrudner. Will he ask no less a price than that, said Odin. He will ask no less a price. Many have come to him for a draught from the well of wisdom, but no one yet has given the price Mimir asks. I have answered thy question, O Odin. Now give up thy claim to my head and let me go on my way. I give up my claim to thy head, said Odin. Then Vathrudner, the wisest of the giants, went on his way, riding on his great stag. It was a terrible price that Mimir would ask for a draught from the Well of Wisdom, and very troubled was Odin Allfather when it was revealed to him. His right eye. For all time to be without the sight of his right eye. Almost he would have turned back to Asgard, giving up his quest for wisdom. He went on, turning neither to Asgard nor to Mimir's well. And when he went toward the south, he saw Muspelheim where stood Sutor with a flaming sword, a terrible figure who would one day join the giants in their war against the gods. And when he turned north, he heard the roaring of the cauldron Virgilmer as it poured itself out of Niflheim, the place of darkness and dread. And Odin knew that the world must not be left between Sutor, who would destroy it with fire, and Niflheim, that would gather it back to darkness and nothingness. He, the eldest of the gods, would have to win the wisdom that would help to save the world. And so, with his face stern in front of his loss and pain, Odin Allfather turned and went toward Mimir's well. It was under the great root of Idrasil, the root that grew out of Jotunheim. And there sat Mimir, the guardian of the well of wisdom, with his deep eyes bent upon the deep water. And Mimir, who had drunk every day from the Well of Wisdom, knew who it was that stood before him. Hail Odin, eldest of the gods, he said. Then Odin made reverence to Mimir, the wisest of the world's beings. I would drink from your well, Mimir, he said. There is a price to be paid. All who have come here to drink have shrunk from paying that price. Will you, eldest of the gods, pay it? I will not shrink from the price that has to be paid, Mimir, said Odin Allfather. Then drink, said Mimir. He filled up a great horn with water from the well and gave it to Odin. Odin took the horn in both his hands and drank and drank. And as he drank, all the future became clear to him. He saw all the sorrows and troubles that would fall upon men and gods. 
but he saw too why the sorrows and troubles had to fall, and he saw how they might be born, so that gods and men, by being noble in the days of sorrow and trouble, would leave in the world a force that one day, a day that was far off indeed, would destroy the evil that brought terror and sorrow and despair into the world. Then when he had drunk out of the great horn that Mimir had given him, he put his hand to his face, and he plucked out his right eye. Terrible was the pain that Odin Allfather endured, but he made no groan nor moan. He bowed his head and put his cloak before his face, as Mimir took the eye and let it sink deep, deep into the water of the Well of Wisdom. And there the eye of Odin stayed, shining up through the water, a sign to all who came to that place of the price that the father of the gods had paid for his wisdom. Thank you for listening to How Odin Lost His Eye. Why did Odin decide to go to Mimir's well? Do you think drinking from the well was worth the price? Is there a price that has to be paid to earn wisdom? Are you willing to pay it? Today's poem is On the Beach at Night Alone by Walt Whitman. It reads, On the beach at night alone, as the old mother sways her to and fro, singing her husky song, as I watch the bright stars shining, I think a thought of the cleft of the universes and of the future. A vast similitude interlocks all. All spheres, grown, ungrown, small, large, suns, moons, planets, all distances of place, however wide, all distances of time, all inanimate forms, all souls, all living bodies, though they be ever so different or in different worlds, all gaseous, watery, vegetable, mineral processes, the fishes, the brutes, all nations, colors, barbarisms, civilizations, languages, all identities that have existed or may exist on this globe or any globe, all lives and deaths, all of the past, present, future, this vast similitude spans them and always has spanned and shall forever span them and compactly hold and enclose them. And that is another episode of Rebecca Reads. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a review. Also consider subscribing so you don't miss a single episode. Keep reading, and I'll see you next week for another episode of Rebecca Reads.